Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Truly Twinning podcast. We're excited to have you this week. And we also have another special guest who I'll let Kat introduce. Yeah, so we have Jacqueline on the episode today. I connected with her through the Entrepreneurista League, which is a really great community of female entrepreneurs that are all starting different businesses. And Jacqueline happens to be in New York City, where I'm located, and is a trademark attorney that's just started her own practice. And so Jacqueline, do you want to introduce yourself and just give us a little bit of background of yourself and your business? Sure. I'm Jacqueline Ionin. I'm founder and owner of Ionin Law, which, as you mentioned, is a New York City-based trademark and business law practice, and I serve clients worldwide. Prior to starting my own practice, I was in various firms of multiple sizes, as well as a little bit of experience in-house. And I actually also spent a couple of years in the talent management world, so I had like a bit of a prior life doing that. And I do what I do because I love working with entrepreneurs and helping them to achieve their goals and protect their brands. It's awesome. Love it. Okay, well, I can kick off um, some of the questions we have for you, but we're really curious to learn a little bit more about what made you want to start your own law firm and sort of work for yourself. Like, what was the deciding factor? Sure, sure. So I've definitely always been entrepreneurial. So my family and friends really encouraged me to take the leap and go out on my own long before I actually did. Um, but I also really value hands-on experience. So it was super important to me to get that crucial education before I went out on my own so that once I had my own clients and I was operating on my own, I could serve them really confidently and effectively. Um, but after a few years of working in various firms, I really found that I was craving more direct client interaction as well as more, um, control over the tone and the approach of my work than I was really ever going to be able to get while working for other people who, you know, get to set that. So I decided to go for it and um, haven't looked back. That's awesome. Yeah. And I I feel like I can relate because I feel like I never, I've always been like a go-getter and having like the entrepreneurial spirit, but I always, I never really envisioned in my original career actually going out on on my own. Um, but I feel like our parents definitely always encouraged us like, you can do it, do it. Um, so eventually it just clicks. Totally. As a lawyer, my parents were always like, just hang your own shingle. You can always do that. Just hang your own shingle. So it was, it was strongly encouraged, especially, you know, having seen me be entrepreneurial my whole life and start things from the ground up in school and as a child. So yeah. No, that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about law school and that LSAT that everyone has to take? Just give us a little inside scoop about how, was that even hard for you? Or who, <laughs> if someone who's seeking out to be a lawyer, is it just like, oh, I can take this test, no problem. Because like I could, just so, the idea of that gives me anxiety. <laughs> so the LSAT has different sections. And one section is logic games. And I actually would like do those for fun. Like I'd be like in a waiting room doing it for fun instead of reading a magazine. Like I, it's a puzzle. You have all the facts in front of you. 
and you get to put the pieces together. Okay. Um, and, and the answers are all there. You don't have to find them anywhere else. They're all in front of you. So I really liked that. Um, some of the other parts were not as easy for me, um, but did well enough, I guess, because I got into law school. <laughs> but law school itself, for me personally, was incredibly hard um, because I do not have a very strong memory or strong retention. So law school is basically all like reading, memorizing, regurgitating. And so it was the classes that I ended up doing well in, um, one in particular was a trial course. And that's because we sort of were given these scenarios and situations of a set of facts. And then we had to figure out the strategy that we wanted to work with. So it was the same thing. It was like a puzzle again. So I have learned that I am really good at puzzles and not that good at remembering things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because I mean, as I've always had, like what we're talking about, an entrepreneurial spirit, I've never loved being told what to do, even though I worked at a huge, I worked for Marriott for almost 10 years. So I was like the yes queen. People told me what to do and I always said yes. But yeah. when I was younger, I never like loved school. I was never a straight A student. And I always just wanted to go out and do my own thing. And I think it's funny how that part of my personality has come back to me now that I've left like corporate America and I'm an entrepreneur. So just hearing about your experience in school is, is interesting because I think there's a perception that if you're a lawyer, you are automatically like academic, straight A's, things come quickly to you. But in reality, I'm sure it was very difficult to not like well, that for everyone. Yeah, I mean, so actually growing up academically, I was very strong, and that was part of why I thought law school would be a great fit for me. But yeah. then you get to law school, and it's it's not as hands-on. It's, it's really all just, like, reading, memorizing. Um, and you're also competing against everyone who is at the top of their class. So it was kind of a smack in the face to me when I when I – when it didn't come so easily once I got into law school. So yeah, yeah I feel you. <laughs> and then what would you say has been the most challenging part of your entrepreneurship journey? Um, I would say uncertainty has been hard. Um, like, even when I'm very busy, I'm fearful that it will all run dry and just sort of never knowing what the next day is going to bring. Whereas when you're working for someone else, the salary is there, the, the tasks are there, it's it's their responsibility. Knowing that it all falls on you and that uncertainty and, and not knowing where the next thing is going to come from necessarily, that can be challenging. Um, and also balance. Um there's obviously always going to be more work to be done. So it's easy to get in your head and get stressed about like what more you could be doing because there's always something. And especially with social media, you look around and there's always someone who feels like it's do they're doing more than you. So turning that part of your mind off and acknowledging that the work you've put in is enough for that moment is that's always a challenge for me too. Yeah. And I mean, Kat and I can definitely relate to the uncertainty piece because we work in real estate. And I mean, you can even, I just had a client this week who I spent three days with when they traveled here and they were definitely moving here for his job. And then he got his job offer and it's actually not for Denver. They've switched it on him. So like 
you can even think that like they like you, they're going to work with you. And then like, you know, life things happen and change that cause differences in real estate too. So, you know, always sort of like a mind game hurdle, I think to get over and just, you know, focus on the next, you know, focus on what you have. Yeah. Always be thinking about how you can be building your client base. What was, um, like, what was the biggest thing you did when you started to, um, gain your network or gain your first couple clients? Um, like the biggest thing to get them. Yeah. Like how did you, I guess, network yourself when you started out? So when I started out, it was definitely very much like, if you build it, they will come. Like I, my biggest fear was where are the client's going to come from? How much work am I going to have to put in to get them? How, like how much of a grind is this going to be? And when I first started, it was everything sort of naturally flowed friends that I didn't know had these side hustles were coming to me and being like, Hey, can you help me with my trademark? Um, people were just sort of coming out of the woodwork. People were getting to me from word of mouth. Like I I actually don't even know how it happened. um, Yeah, it was, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And it's something that's really made me um, turn around and encourage anyone who wants to do it to take the leap because I think that's the thing that we all fear most is that you're going to try and it's, it's just going to fall flat and you're not going to have any business. And I think there really is enough to go around. And if you put yourself out there and put up, you know, present well and show people that you're there and you can help them, then they'll, they'll show up. They'll come. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I know that's not a really helpful answer, but. Oh, no, no. I mean, I think when I started in real estate, I was nervous. Like, yeah, I know people in Denver and we have friends and connections, but like, will they work with me? And I've also been pleasantly surprised that like through word of mouth or like people my husband's connected to, I've been able to gain business that way and have other people referred to me. So I feel the same. It's just, you know, I always have in the back of my mind that I want to build beyond, like I want to build my network bigger than the people I already know. And I think that's where the like work comes or keeping that flow coming. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely attended conferences, joined groups like Entreprenista. Um, there's definitely things I've done to sort of broaden it, but it, it never feels like any of those are like the largest source of, of work. Exactly. So, yeah. No, I would agree. Um, okay. And then my last question before Kat takes over is just, if you have any routines or rituals that you use to keep your business and yourself on track? Um, paper to-do lists are really vital for me. <laughs> they keep me sane. Um, just being able to like actually highlight something after it's done is like this really gratifying satisfying <laughs> feeling. Um, I would say working out consistently and with instructors that I know really well, that also keeps me like balanced and sane. And um, since COVID, I got, I, got, I got a COVID puppy. So I'm taking her for walks and getting out into the fresh air a few times a day. That's really crucial. Um, especially on those days when I can sort of get lost in the work and the hours fly by, just the fact that she needs to go out is a good pausing moment to sort of re recharge and um, refresh. That's awesome. Great. Well, I'll uh, take it from here. So what was out of all of, you know, the deals that you've worked on, what was the most challenging deal 
and what do you think you took away from it? That's a toughie. Um, so not really a deal, but I think the most challenging thing that I've encountered in working with businesses is accepting that not every win looks the same. Yeah. Um, as a trademark attorney, my goal is to help my clients achieve registration to get their brands protected and registered. That's, that's the ultimate goal. Right. But sometimes that mark just isn't available or an examining attorney is being really stubborn and the win can look a little different. So sometimes the win is saving the client from an expensive rebrand down the line. They don't get their mark, but you let them know early enough that they can't get that mark and they don't lose money in the process. Um, or sometimes the best thing is just for the client to move on to another option rather than continuing to spend money to fight to get the registration. And so, yeah, those outcomes feel like a fail when you, when you think about, oh, if you think really narrowly that like my goal is just to get this registration. But ultimately, I want to be a partner to my clients and I want to take um, a holistic approach in helping them achieve their goals, not have this like tunnel vision about getting them registration for this one mark at the expense of the health of their business. So I think finding that balance and, and dealing with that challenge has taught me that even though the expertise that I bring is, is trademark expertise and my clients rely on me for that. It's still important to step back and see the bigger picture alongside them and consider that bigger picture when I'm developing strategy and advising them. Yeah. Could you also, because I think a lot of people may be asking themselves this, tell us just the benefits and why companies come to you for this registration process and almost like the security behind it. Yeah, so basically the initial main reason is that you want to own your brand. If you're putting money into it and you're marketing it and building this connection with customers, you want to make sure that you own it and that someone else can't go and use it. So that's like the, the top high level thing. But then it also becomes an asset that becomes more valuable over time. If you ever sell your company, that's something that is considered in that sale. Um, and it allows you to enforce it in a way that against infringement that you couldn't if you didn't have the registration. Right. So actually you can, just by using the mark, you get some rights, but those rights are incredibly limited. So once you have the registration, you have a stronger ground to stand on to go after those people who may be infringing. And it doesn't have to mean that they're using your exact mark. It could be anything that's confusingly similar. So it gives you this broad range to go after other people and say, hey, this is going to be a problem. You know, I have customers coming to me confused and thinking that your product is from us and, and we can't have that. So like, you're going to have to make a change or do something because right now you're infringing on our federal registration. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are just some of the sort of high level reasons that you go for trademark registration. Yeah, no, thanks for that, because yeah, sure. that could like totally just go over uh, someone's head. Yeah. Uh, what, 
So when you were first going to law school and then I guess got into law and then we're opening your own business, did you always want to be a trademark lawyer or did that happen over time where you realized this is the field that you were passionate about? So going into law school, oops, sorry, eyelash issue. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, going into law school, I was thinking either intellectual property or entertainment. Um, I actually, undergrad, I studied advertising at one of the top communication schools in the country. And I've always been sort of obsessed with language, specifically pronunciation and where emphasis is properly placed in words and phrases. Um, just a weird, weird quirk. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned earlier, I've always been entrepreneurial and business-minded, but then I've also had this creative side. Growing up, I was always writing songs. I was always pulling poems and song parodies out of thin air. Yeah. Um, I danced competitively and did musical theater. So trademark law really felt like the natural fit because it blends all those interests and skill sets together. Um, so I was first attracted to it because it felt like one of the few areas of law that was still connected to the creative world. Yeah. And I also thought entertainment law seemed like it was, but the more I explored that route, the more I understood that that practice is a lot drier and more transactional and, and not as sexy and fun. Um, but because, because I sort of had all this background, the idea of focusing on businesses, brands and protecting them felt like I was also putting my advertising roots to good use. Um, I also found that it enables me to work with small business owners at the start of their entrepreneurial journey and help them to strategically develop strong trademarks and protect them, which again, satisfied sort of my entrepreneurial and business-minded side. But I think really what solidified it for me is the language aspect of it. it it lets me like nerd out on language particulars in a way that I'm not sure any other career path that exists would. Um, so to sort of give a little more understanding of that, during the process of attempting to get a trademark registered, um, the governing body that examines the applications, the USPTO, they can refuse your application if they feel it's too confusing, they feel the mark is too confusingly similar to another mark that was filed or registered before yours. So, sorry if this is like getting too in the weeds. But no, I'm into it. Interesting. So, in order to overcome that refusal and have your application move forward, the applicant or the applicant's attorney has to submit arguments. And in these arguments, you can show, among other things, that the marks look different, sound different, and or mean different things. So the thing that I really get most excited about in my work is being able to develop creative arguments about how two words or phrases sound different because of pronunciation differences when in context or how the beginning of one word in a phrase's sound can affect the sound of the end of the word before it or vice versa. And this is all like obviously stuff that normal people don't enjoy. So, <laughs> well, and you can like build a case. It sounds like like if you get pushback, 
you what you like is like going like really being that counsel like going back and being like no it's distinctive for x y and z reasons right but like really getting into the nitty-gritty of the language part of it and the sounds and like that honestly for me is like getting paid for the thing that my friends and family find the most irritating about me (laughs) so it's it's a joy um, so basically, when you put together all those things, like developing arguments about language, working alongside business owners, the element of working with brands and staying connected to like, creative aspect of business, it, it's, it's just, it feels like it's tailor-made for me. So it just, it was something I thought was going to work out from the beginning. And then once I really got my, my hands into it and saw what it was really about, it just couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. And what's cool is your client, you have a lot in common with your clients because your clients are an aspect of who you are too, whether it's like a small business or it's a creative person starting a business. Like you can learn about all these different ideas that people have big or small, which is, which is really cool. Definitely. Yeah. I think there's, um, like a special ability to serve clients when you sort of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So last but not least, what advice would you have for, you know, another entrepreneur that's just starting out or someone who really wants to start a business, but hasn't taken the leap yet? So they're just starting out or, or haven't taken the leap yet. My first advice is just take the leap. Because <laughs> as, I, as I said, my experience, my experience has very much been if you build it, they will come. So I think like get over that fear and just do it. But then quickly following that, don't expect it to all get done at once. Um, I'm actually three years in and I'm always building new systems, improving and updating old ones, adding new layers to my business and like, constantly revamping so I think you have to sort of allow yourself that process and that time and not expect it to be you know at z when you're at a just it it happens over time um and I think for anyone who is sort of at that starting point of their business or at the starting point of um developing a product within their business or or an arm of their business I would say with regard to trademarks specifically, do not wait until you have a problem to work with a trademark attorney. You'll, excuse me, you'll save money by working with one proactively. And the best time to do it is during the development stages of whatever it is, your brand or the product or whatever. Whenever you're thinking of those names and those logos, that's when you want to involve a trademark attorney because they will give you an idea of whether the brand is cleared before you spend too much money developing it. And it's going to save you from an expensive rebrand down the line or landing in hot water with other trademark owners or having to go through lengthy and costly litigation, costly, excuse me, litigation. (laughs) Um, So yeah, some, some general advice and some trademark specific advice. Cat is hat. Did we get habitats by cat trademarked? No. And that's why I'm like, holy shit, Jacqueline, I'm calling you. I'm like, we've gotten too far. We've gotten too far. (laughs) 
<laughs> we did have an attorney open up the LLC, so we're clean there. Like we yeah. had a business attorney do that, yeah. and we really trust him, so we're good on that front. Um, but yeah, we do not have. I've never worked with a trademark attorney. You're our new trademark attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Is Habitat Spike Hat? Are we good? You think? Um, it's a little descriptive, so we'd have to talk about that. But okay. see, do you guys have a logo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the logo that could be that could be registrable. Registrable. Yeah. Yeah. Let us our my the logo. If you go to the um, my signature and my email, you'll see it. It should pop Perfect. up at the bottom. Take yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the logo that we have isn't wasn't cheap. So hopefully, oh, you like definitely get that protected. <laughs> We're gonna call what? We're gonna call Jacqueline for help now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm here whenever. <laughs> um. Well, thank you so much for you know, joining us on this episode and sharing your whole story and your business. I think- Thank awesome. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been very helpful for Sam and I, but I think <laughs> also a lot of other small business owners, especially because this is a space where I think a lot of people don't know a lot about, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I learned a lot from this episode and hearing. I'm so glad. And so thank you so much. And we hope to see you soon. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank I'll you. talk to you soon. Have All a right. great day. Bye. Bye.